This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Welcome to MuggleCast, the first episode of 2018 and a milestone episode, number 350. Wow. Micah, Eric, and I are here this week to kick off a new year of Harry Potter podcasting, a year in which we will get a new Fantastic Beasts movie. I am very pleased that we made it a full year of MuggleCast, almost a whole year weekly. I mean, a good like two-thirds of it, without having a new movie afoot. It was so easy. There was just so much to talk about, and we came up with great discussions. I feel like uh, we we dug at the bottom of the uh, news barrel a couple of times, but for the most part, I feel like Maybe once or twice. Well, if the new Hall of Fame or Wall of Fame over on uh, on MuggleCast.com is any indicator, we deliberated for a couple days and put up a heck of a lot of episodes from 2017. So I would say that that statement is correct, Andrew. We did. If anybody has any new listeners, <laughs> what did I just say? We if anybody did. has any new listeners. If <laughs> any of you are new listeners, that's what I meant to say. Head over to MuggleCast.com and click on the Wall of Fame, and you can see some of our favorite episodes. And um, over break, we were actually all together here in Chicago. It was a fun weekend. I just wanted to say I liked how you said we did all this work updating the Wall of Fame. I didn't want to make it seem like you – because I was answering – you just answered your own quite like, yes, there were a lot of good things in 2017. You should know, Micah, you did all the work. Well, Andrew provided a little bit of a – assistance yes. you guys and then i i did i sent like a smiley face emoji in reply okay. to one of the emails i just want us to be you know up front to start the year all right yeah. oh fine. yeah absolutely we're gonna do it that way let's <laughs> let's also talk about who planned every item in the stock too <laughs> oh god and, let, and let's oh, let's wow, talk okay. about who hosted a, the uh best new year's party to date all right good we all hate each other at the start of the year this is going well <laughs> No, but we had a fun weekend in Chicago. All three of us were together. We did a photo shoot. We took so you know, we never had any like professional photos taken of us. So we were like, let's do it for upcoming conference appearances, for the website, for Patreon, for social media. So we did that. Definitely hit twitter.com slash mugglecast and facebook.com slash mugglecast if you want to check those out. And we're using some of those on our personal profiles as well. So that was great. Who was the photographer that you you found, Eric? His name is Knowlton Holland. I knew he'd be perfect for what we were looking at for these promo photos. And then we got it together. And we actually, uh, the photos were, were taken actually in the building of the Cards Against Humanity offices in their podcast studio, which is used to record many Chicago podcast co-op podcasts, such as, uh, well, formerly Chicago podcast co-op, Hello from the Magic Tavern which you may listen to, and currently Improvised Star Trek, which I edit. So nice, uh, cool building, really cool podcast studio. I think we were all a little bit floored at how nice that studio was. Yeah, it was really impressive. And uh, I think the first time I'd been in a quote-unquote podcast studio, but Eric, uh, as as long as we're starting off the year talking about uh, doing things or giving credit where credit is due, I should say, you did a great job organizing that. Knowlton was great. The folks over at the Cards Against Humanity offices. It was it was just a lot of fun. I mean, I got into Chicago and then Andrew, thank you uh, for picking me up from the airport. That was great. Got to hang out with Brooklyn a little bit. We hadn't met previously and then uh, went over to uh, those offices in the nice uh, 
snow that was coming down as we stood outside waiting for five o'clock so that we could get inside the doors. <laughs> yeah. And for anyone wondering, Cards Against Humanity's offices are exactly as you would expect. If you know their game, <laughs> you know their style, their offices are very fun and very Cards Against Humanity. So that was, it was very cool to go inside the brain of that yeah. company. Well, we'll have to uh, get back there to record a, a podcast in there. But wait, we actually did record sort of a podcast in there. Yeah, we did. So while we were doing the photo shoot, we wanted to look natural. And I suggested, well, why don't we act like we're actually recording a podcast? So Eric brought out his phone and recorded us pretending to do a podcast. And we were kind of talking about the new Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald stills, which we will talk about in a few moments on this episode so that we're calling it kind of like a secret alternate episode 350 we released it on patreon.com slash 40 minutes long it's fun to listen to eric edited it tuned it up a little bit to take out the breaks but definitely listen to it it's fun and 40 minutes long so (laughs) time flew by well it, it just it really worked like to get us into immediately like into another level of like podcasting because we can sit in front of a mic and smile at the camera or sit in front of the mic and smile at each other but really it was the actually discussing and i think the natural high of being in the room with each other that we really i think you can hear it in the audio how well we're getting along and you know how much fun we're having talking harry potter and speaking of patreon a couple other other little updates just a shout out to all the slug club members they're in a private facebook group and they organized their own secret santa and they all sent each other Harry Potter gifts for the holidays. And it was so cute because they would get their gifts and then post pictures of what they received in the Facebook group. So we love the community that's happening, not just on Patreon, but also in the Slug Club Facebook group. Yeah. It, it just, I, it's, sorry, it's Dumbledore's our Army, mind. not Slug Club. Dumbledore's the, Army. Yeah, it's, it's Dumbledore. Well, Dumbledore's Army and above. Everybody can be in the, the Facebook group. But this is something that was organized. It was so nice. It was organized. Had nothing to do with us. But we we absolutely love it, and it, we love that our listeners have chosen that community to share the love of Harry Potter and the joy of the holidays. And finally, here at the top of the show, just a congrats to Laura and Ryan, our latest Patreon giveaway winners. The Slug Club members, they're participating in a monthly Wizarding World giveaway, and our latest giveaway was Gryffindor Snuggies. <laughs> For the winter. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect for the winter. Exactly. So we gave away two of those and they should be in the mail shortly. So congrats, Laura and Ryan. I have to say there were a number of Christmas cards as well that we got to our P.O. box, which will give you the address at the end of the um, episode if you want to send some late Christmas cards. No, but they were really, really, really appreciated. I got a tweet last night asking if one arrived. And yes, they did. We love them. We will cherish them. They're on my fridge. And also, for the first time, I got a chance to check out the MuggleCast P.O. Box. Yes. While in Chicago. Yes. How was that experience? Was it worth it? Oh, it was, it was uh, you know, just something that uh, you can check off the bucket list now. <laughs> the most you, beautiful. Well, you, you Snapchatted it. You Snapchatted me, and I was standing right there next to you. He was excited. He hears you talk about it so much. That, like, Isn't that was... what the kids do now? They snap <laughs> yeah, everything? Yeah, I think it is what the kids do, Micah. And, and, and I got to be honest, if you're not, this statement is to the listeners, if you're not following Micah Tannenbaum on Snapchat, you are not living your best life. Something about the captions and the angles and the filters that he chooses are, are really just such a – I get a kick out of everything you sent, Micah, so please never stop. All right. One update I don't see here is who won our uh, bowling 
matchup <laughs> over <laughs> the uh, bowling. Credit little... where it's due, Mister breaks a hundred every time. That was Micah. Good job, Micah. Thank yeah, you. Nice work, Micah. Just good, you know, team team building exercise. It was. What, it was great. Yeah, great team building. Had some. What were those cheese curds? Oh che- yeah, yes, cheese oh, curds. Yeah. Very very Midwest <laughs> thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love cheese curds. And it was one of those bowling alleys that serves beer, so that's also fun. And then uh, we played some pool, and uh, I think me and my boyfriend beat you both twice. Was that? I no, so. I, you may have won the first time, Eric. Oh, no. oh yeah. Well, remember. we couldn't decide on the rules whether scratching on the eight ball was the end of the game. Yeah. Anyway. But it's all good. Anyway, I think you guys won. Yeah, I, I think you won, too. Mike and I were on a team. We'll happily uh, admit defeat. Okay. <laughs> So um, in preparing for today's show, and we do, we like I said, we have a lot of news to talk about to catch up on the past two weeks. Also, a beloved Harry Potter character is going to be calling into the show today to share their New Year's resolutions to make Hogwarts a better place. Uh, that That's fun. I'm glad he wants to share those with us. So he'll be calling in. But in preparing for today's show, I was also looking at what has happened in the Harry Potter books on New Year's Eve. We've always talked about other holidays, but I don't recall us ever talking about New Year's Eve. So I looked it up and, well, there's a reason why we never did, because nothing ever really happened, except for Tom Marvolo Riddle was born on New Year's Eve. Right. How eerie. I had forgotten about that. Anyway, just wanted to note that. All right. Well, we're going to have that Harry Potter character call in in a second, but we want to tell you about our first advertiser of 2018, Blue Apron. Woo. So it's a new year. May want to change up what you're eating, what you're putting inside of you. And for eight weeks, ending on February 26th, Blue Apron is teaming with Whole30 to bring you delicious recipes. The menu will feature two Whole30 approved recipes each week, like Mexican spiced barramundi with avocado, tagarashi chicken lettuce cups with avocado, and kale sweet potato salad. So you can kickstart your new year with Blue Apron and Whole30. Some people swear by Whole30. It's a different way of eating. I love using Blue Apron to cook. You get fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and recipes right to your door that can be cooked in under 45 minutes. And the menu changes every week, and recipes don't repeat more than once a year. And with the new year just kicking off, now's a great time to try a lot of new in your life so you can get all this new food for a full year. Blue Apron is treating MuggleCast listeners to $30 off your first order if you visit blueapron.com slash MuggleCast. So check out this week's menu and get $30 off with free shipping, free shipping at blueapron.com slash MuggleCast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook and a great thing to try in the new year. New year, new you. All right. So we are going to have a special guest call in now. He wanted to to speak to us, let us know changes he's making at Hogwarts. So this is going to be fun. We're going to be calling... Dumbledore, let me. He, I got his, I got his number. How cool is that? Albus Percival Wolfric. Yeah, Brian yeah, he is. A, he has a Muggle number. Hold on, so I'm giving him a call. Oh, he would. You can call into the Great Beyond. I didn't know that was a thing. Through the veil, cell phone signal. Yes, hello. Hello, Dumbledore. Oh uh, yes. Who am I speaking to? You're speaking to Eric Skull, sir. Big fan. Big, big, big fan. Oh, hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, yes, I, I wanted to call in to share my New Year's resolutions to make Hogwarts a better place. It is a new year, and I thought, 
now is a great time to change things up at my beloved school. Yeah, it's, it seems like people are always breaking into Hogwarts, sir. And uh, it seems like it's a good kind of idea to, to make it a safer place uh, if you can. I mean, that's very rude of you, but but yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I just I an observation, sir. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. OK. Uh, so I've got I've got 14 New Year's resolutions. Would you like to hear them? I would love to. Micah, would you? Yeah. I, I mean, look, uh, when you have somebody of this caliber on the show, I think you just let them speak. You, By the way, Micah, how is uh, my brother's goat doing? Oh, very well. He oh, had a great, great Christmas, made sure that uh, he was well taken care of. Okay, so the first thing I would like to say at Hogwarts, I, I want to, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes with Harry, and uh, every year, Harry's at Hogwarts, and, you know, some bad stuff happens. I'm just going to accept at the start of every term that Harry's about to get into some bad stuff. So I'm going to start looking out for him every year. That's such a good resolution, sir, if you don't mind my saying. Thank you, thank you. I have also decided I'm going to do better background checks on the DADA professors at school. I just haven't tried, and starting this year, I'm going to try harder. Yeah, maybe like look through their luggage and make sure there aren't any additional Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers, like stowed away in chains, in, you know. That's a good idea. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. going to stop leaving Hogwarts in the middle of things. I don't know why I seem to leave every time <laughs> something big is going down. I'm going to stop that. <laughs> uh, and speaking of leaving, I'm going to tell the Board of Governors to just chill, okay? I got this. I got this. That's number 11. <laughs> that sounds great. Thank you. Number 10, I'm going to stop letting those staircases move unexpectedly around the castle. I mean, whose idea was that? People can fall and break their neck, and then I've got a lawsuit. And I don't have time for that when I'm setting DAPA professors and I'm taking care of Harry. See, I, I thought you thought that that was cute. Like, the, the moving staircases and, like, you tolerated it, just, like, keeping peas around, like, that you're just like, oh, it's it's quirky and, and, and magical. That's true, that's true, but, but peas, peas are safe. Uh, the stairs are not. People can break their necks. And I, that's fair. I don't that's want fair. that on my hands. Yeah. All right, so that was number 10. Number 9, I'm going to check in on the house elves this year to make sure they're still cool with their low wages. <laughs> I was thinking about SPEW earlier, and I was thinking, well, damn, it's been a while since Hermione was on top of that, so I think I'll get back on that and make sure things are still chill down there. <laughs> I'm yeah. also going to kindly ask Snape to stop being such a jerk face to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And maybe Neville, too, but mainly Harry, Ron, and Hermione. People just hate him, and I think they should like him more, like I do. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Good, glad you'd like it. I'm also going to come up with some sick new words of wisdom to hand down to the children. <laughs> I, I, I've always got some cool ones, and I, I'm running a little behind this year. I'm a little short. I'm going to come up with some new ones. I want an MLK-level bombshell, something that people quote, for decades to come, I want to be like Martin Luther King. He's so admirable. Well, I mean, Nitwit Blubber Oddment Tweak is close-ish to I Have a Dream. I mean, they both make me feel very, very, very warm inside. Yeah, they're both short and sweet, but I'm not sure mine is as uh, memorable, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Number five. I want to send Hagrid to some teaching conferences so he can improve his abilities 
Uh, he tends to not be the greatest teacher, I myself would admit. So um, I'm going to send him to, to get some proper training. I like that. I think Hagrid just needs the confidence, and confidence will come from practice. So I think that's a great idea. Bless you, sir. Thank you. Oh, number four. I'm not sure why I have this idea, really. I'm going to polish the suits of armor so they don't look so rusty and unimposing. It's gotten a little dirty, and you know me and my sexuality. I like things a little clean, cleaner. And I think I'm going to clean them up a little bit. And I think, too, yeah, like, who's afraid of some rusty old suits of armor, right? But if you polish them up, they're going to look like they're brand new and would, you know, they defend the castle, don't they, when intruders come? Yeah. I understand why you put this on your list, Mr. Dumbledore. Oh, thank you. Yes, it, it was a good one. And if they look clean, then the, if they're not dusty, then that means they've been moving. And moving means they've been training. It kicks the yeah. wizard's butt. <laughs> okay, so uh, number three. Generally, I don't want to generally protect restricted corridors and areas with spells that can't be broken by using a low hamora. You know, it is really crazy that a lot of these doors can just open with a low hamora. Boys, with that, zombie. Time to fix it. It's a good spell. It's, I mean, to be fair, it's like a year one spell, but it's a good one. There may be only one student who's actually read Standard Book of Spells, so maybe only one student can get through those locked corridors. Number two, I want to relocate the entire castle to somewhere warmer and more secret. Every 1,000 years. Yeah, you're coming up on that anniversary, aren't you? It's been like a 1,000 years since the founders first created Hogwarts. Ah, yes, good point, good point. And I think we've been in the cold climate for long enough. We can still do Christmas, you know, just be in a sunnier location and not worry about the snow. I love that. Thank you. And then the number one New Year's resolution to make Hogwarts a better place, I'm going to add some safety barriers at the top of the astronomy tower. You know, I was up there the other day, and it seemed a little too easy for someone to fall over the edge. So I'm going to get up there, and I'm going to add some barriers so people have no chance of falling. You know, Dumbledore, I I have to say I was with you on this whole list, all 14 except this last one. I think that's a waste of your time, my friend. Huh. Okay, well, I think I will trust you on that. I will add safety barriers, (laughs) and the next time I'm up there, I will just kind of risk it. I think that's smart. It was good speaking to you all. Happy New Year. Uh, I have to jump over to Harry Potter. Wizards Unite, I'm due at a couple of gay bars to uh, run into some muggles who are going to be playing that game later this year. So, uh, ta-ta for now, and see you in your phone. Ta-ta. Happy New Year. Okay, goodbye. Wow, that was really something. Dumbledore live on MuggleCast. Eric, you were really into it. Best interview we've ever had, I gotta say. I'm glad. I didn't know how we were going to top... All the others that we've had. Yeah, that Andrew, on the wall of fame. how'd you uh, swing that for episode 350 to get uh, somebody of that caliber on the show? It was well, we, we told impressive. him it was our 350th episode, and I knew he had some new things he wants to uh, do So yeah. uh, at Hogwarts. That was a, a great, great list of uh, New Year's yeah. resolutions. I don't know why, but I'm exhausted. <laughs> Take a drink of water. It's still early. It's still <laughs> yeah. early Chicago time. <laughs> So um, let's talk some news. So um, I don't know why, but at the end of December, a bunch of Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald stills came out. Mm. And we got some good ones. I think most notable is this photo of Dumbledore played by Jude Law at Hogwarts 
Describe what we see, Eric. I think you, when we were doing our kind of spin-off episode of 350, I think you kind of nailed it. What are we seeing here? So I strongly believe that Dumbledore, who is pictured, Jude Law is pictured sitting sort of off the edge of his desk. I'm assuming it's his desk is all I'm saying. I think that there's a number of metal shiny contraptions, both directly behind him. It looks like some kind of huge looking glass of sorts or uh, sorry, magnifying looks kind of like a huge telescope with some other devices in the back on a bookshelf. I believe this photo is inside Dumbledore's office, which at that point he is not headmaster. So it is just sort of a teacher's office, which is why it sort of looks different. But what strikes me really are these instruments because Dumbledore is famous both in the books and it transferred over to the films for having these strange whirring instruments yeah. in his offices that that move on their own and are very, very mysterious uh, magic that we don't know at all what they do. But that's what I think this is, is. I think this is Dumbledore in his office, perhaps when Newt comes to visit. Yeah. Only thing that doesn't make sense is there is somebody else in this photo who is unidentified. He appears to be just visiting. He's got a long coat on. He's holding a hat, it looks like. I thought it was a newspaper, but now that I'm zooming in, I think it's a hat. So it looks like he just got into the school. Maybe es- was escorting Newt. I don't, I don't know. But I'm um, coming around on Jude Law as Dumbledore. I didn't like, I don't know. It was just jarring, I guess, to see somebody else as Dumbledore. But I think the more I see him, the more I'm going to like him. He's got an air of confidence about him in this photo, leaning on, he's sitting on his desk, leaning, he's got a kind of a glimmer in his eye, I would say. He's clearly looking at something that makes him happy. I just got really excited when you were talking about that. Yeah, and I think the trailer will probably seal the deal in terms of my excitement about Jude Law playing Dumbledore. This might be when people are arrived from the ministry to tell Dumbledore that Grindelwald has escaped. But why would he look happy? I don't know. Ish. Could be a gleam of triumph. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think, or it might, yeah, you're right. It's probably much more that there's a friend in front of him. But I can't explain this escort guy. That's okay. Uh, it's probably just don't worry friend. about that person for right now. Yeah. <laughs> and watch. That person will become very important and <laughs> integral to the outcome of the film. Knowing, uh Knowing how things go. But I agree. Uh, with what you guys have said. I think uh, we need to remember, Eric, as you pointed out, he is not headmaster at this point. I think, didn't he teach Transfiguration prior to uh, becoming headmaster? So perhaps Mm -hmm. this is, as you said, uh, inside his office. And I'm interested to know what those books are. Are those just for the students or Mm -hmm. are they related to some things that maybe he's up to? The thing behind him reminded me a bit of a faux glass. Remember we saw that in Goblet of Fire with Mad-Eye? Yeah. You know what I'm also seeing? On the bottom right, he has a bunch of small notebooks stacked up, like thin notebooks. Yep. Uh, I wonder if that's classwork that's been turned in. So, minor, but exciting. Exciting to see this. The next still is Grindelwald with one of his followers, Rosier, out on the street. And in Paris, that's what the caption said. So we definitely know this is Paris. I find this interesting that Grindelwald is just out in public, presumably amongst muggles. Like you see some people walking in the background and they don't appear to be a witch or a wizard. I'm imagining this Grindelwald, like, so it's kind of shocking that he's just out in public. What I'm imagining is in this movie, he's going to be showing up in broad daylight to 
briefly mess things up, maybe. But it also looks like he and his follower, Rosier, could be looking at like a billboard or something, like admiring some advertising. They're definitely looking up. They're de- whatever the, the target is, like if this film is centered around an attack on the Eiffel Tower or something, oh, you know, a monument to virility, it would be really like fun for them to scope it out beforehand. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, the billboard for uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Newt's having <laughs> Newt's a, uh, oh. a a book release party. Maybe they're uh, excited to go or not excited from the look of things. Oh, gosh. If he breaks out in time to see but a promotional poster. <laughs> what I find uh, interesting about this is going back to the casting. I didn't realize that Rosier was a female character because when we were doing all of our discussions about uh, the Death Eaters and those that mm. uh, end up aligning with Voldemort and his cause later on, this was definitely a family name that that we talked about. Yeah, Evans and Rosier are Death Eaters. And then we got this new still of Newt's inside somewhere, but he's holding a Paris postcard. And what I like about this is he he's got kind of like a uh, like a glimmer of excitement. It looks to me in his eye. He looks happy that he's looking at this Paris postcard, and he also appears to be holding his wand. I just like the excitement. It looks like. This got me excited about Paris. Seeing Newt excited got me excited. I want that shirt. The little dots on it. Yeah. That looks real nice. Coming soon to Hot Topic. You're right, though. Like, he is, I think, happy to be receiving this postcard. And I want to know what that's all about. So what's our uh, guess on who it's from? Yeah. His brother? (sighs) Yeah. His brother who's... uh... Could it be Lita? Hmm. Well... Those two are... Uh, Bonjour, mon ami. Wish you were here. You know, hello. But she's with uh, his brother. Oh, that's right. We know that, don't we? Yeah. <sighs> Maybe from uh, Jacob and Queenie? Oh, what if they got married and they went to Paris on their honeymoon? Yeah. Then that would be the second wedding Ooh. they omitted from the... No, no, they didn't. It was a funeral that they... That could make thinking. sense, but would he be looking ex- like kind of happily at this if he's still hung up on Sure. Her? Why not? <laughs> He's not hung up on Queenie. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was thinking. I was still thinking uh, Lita. Uh, Lita. Oh yeah, yeah. If Queenie and Jacob got married, that's too fast. Me. Yeah. No time has passed, right? Oh yeah, no time. Like three weeks. That's stops. true. Yeah. Well, then the obvious choice would be Nicholas Flamel. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's quite a good point, actually. Or maybe it's from Dumbledore. <laughs> I'm visiting Paris. <laughs> Wanted to say hello. You sound a lot like the uh, yeah, you just person in. who called in. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's Grindelwald. He sent him a postcard. A fake postcard. Hey, bitch, yeah, guess wish, what? Wish I broke you were out. here. I'm in wah, Paris. Wah, Come wah, get wah. me. It's really yeah. Graves. <laughs> the real Graves. Or it could be Tina, I guess, right? Tina's another option. Yeah, could be. Hey, I, I took a boat after you, and mine ended up in Paris. Come visit me. <laughs> yeah didn't know where it was going thought it was going to thought we'd be in the same town it went right behind yours so i thought but yeah yeah jacob and tina and queenie all have jobs and lives in new york like jacob has this successful startup bakery now what events of this film are gonna l- let him just leave his bakery and uh you know i get it if tina and queenie can do official ministry business in paris but uh jacob's business might suffer well, you can hire other people. 
Yeah. And in fact, we have an ad related to that coming up. <laughs> oh, interesting. But, well, my, I think what we speculated was um, with Newt having a Fantastic Beast book release party, Jacob would come over for that. Yeah. And that's how he yeah. would get overseas. To support the friend he doesn't remember. And Queenie and Tina. <laughs> yeah. Queenie would remind him. But just based on the reaction, it's got to be somebody he knows. Yeah. And yes. I would think somebody that we already know, not – so Flamel seems a little bit out of the picture to me. I think No so pun too. intended. But unless they know each other. It would go a long way to establishing a rapport, like what these characters feel about each other. I, I think the reason I like the Flamel uh, guess is because that is where Flamel is living in France with his wife, Perenelle. Or we're completely off base – and Newt is in a convenience store just checking out Paris postcards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one has a lot of blank space for me to write yes. on. Yeah. And then finally, there's a photo of Newt and Tina in front of what looks like P.O. boxes. <laughs> yeah, it looks like our P.O. box, actually. <laughs> Why don't we have box number 2708? And we again see this gray coat that Newt is wearing. I'm really loving the different coat color. I think it freshens up his aesthetic. And I'm really hoping now that each movie he has a different coat color. <laughs> so to go from green to gray is, I don't know, kind of a little strange. But maybe get a little more colorful on the next film. Like a, It was like blue. I do blue. want more color. These films are getting darker already. It's happened, you guys. He's gone from a blue, sh- you know, bright blue to a just gray. Just charcoal gray. Yeah. It does look very, very nice. Academy Award winner Colleen Atwood <laughs> is clearly rising to the challenge of surpassing even herself on this sequel. And I really love what Tina is wearing. This um, looks kind of leathery or like a pleather soft jacket. Really good looking. So, yeah, they both look You'd like Tina in, in leather? Photo. Oh, boy. Somebody's pointing out, let's see, who was that? Uh, James in the chat is pointing out that Rosier is actually referenced in Goblet of Fire. Karkaroff says yeah. there was Rosier. Evan Rosier. Yeah, yeah, we did a whole episode on that. And then Barty says <laughs> Rosier. <laughs> yeah, James. Oh, God. Go to the Wall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, it's I'm joking. Corrected. Yes, I remember that scene uh, in the film and that actor's particular inflection. So it wasn't. Evans isn't another last name, is it? It's it was Evan Rosier, right? So that was my bad. Yeah, what are where are they? Why are they in front of PO boxes here? What's going on, and what are they looking at? Presumably, they're over in Paris now, and I'm gonna guess it's a beast. Because why are their hands like up against the wall, sort of? Oh, maybe they're they're being arrested. Yeah. Yeah, they could be being arrested. I love this idea. Sneaking around. They seem to uh, have that problem of getting arrested. There they go again. Yep. And uh, just off of the uh, Rosier comment, if you go back to episode 340, uh, Verified Jerk, uh, which is just what I was to James a couple of uh, minutes ago, we talk about it. Both Travers and Rosier, the two known Death Eater names that uh, are going to have characters apparently in uh, The Crimes of Grindelwald. So, October 9th, 2017, episode 340. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, some other news. This is pretty exciting for at least anybody who has HBO. All eight Harry Potter films plus Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them are now streaming on HBO. HBO kicked off with a marathon. They ran them back to 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 back 
on New Year's Day leading into January 2nd. This also means that the Harry Potter movies are no longer on Freeform, which is kind of crazy to think. It was formerly ABC Family. They've been there for so long. We've just all gotten used to these Harry Potter weekends. You turn on the TV and, oh, Harry Potter's on. Going to tune in and just sit here and watch them for the rest of the day. Yeah, That is no more. But the good news is if you do have HBO or somebody's password, you can access them at any time. And the best part is, unlike Freeform, commercial free. I wanted to ask you guys, so you have access now to every single Harry Potter movie on demand, HD, no commercials. What's the one you watch first? Not me. I I don't have HBO. Okay, well, pretend you do. What's the one you watch <laughs> first? Uh, the first one. Yeah, I would say Sorcerer's Stone. And that is actually what most people said. I thought you were going to say that is the wrong, wrong answer. Wrong answer. Yeah. Because Sorcerer's Stone is not there. No, uh, 62 participants said Sorcerer's Stone. That was number one answer. Number two. Can you guess number two? Don't look. <laughs> People really like the fourth movie. Oh, I didn't. I haven't clicked the link yet. Okay. I'm going to go with Half-Blood Prince. I think that was a uh, a popular choice. That is right. That is number two with 25 votes. Number three was Prisoner. Number four was a tie between Order of the Phoenix and Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> oh, nice. You know, what's interesting, what they did on that marathon was after Deathly Hallows Part 2, they went into Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Oh, love it. Because they also have the rights to that. So one of the interesting things, though, and why I would go back to the early films is that there's so many deleted scenes that – because we – you know, when we started our podcast in 05 – Several of the movies had already been released, and as we went through all the movies that came out after that, we always would spend time talking about the deleted scenes sure. that came on the DVD or the Blu-ray, and I find myself forgetting what the deleted scenes look like back in the early movies, and they used to include them on Freeform and ABC Family. I'm not sure if they're included in the HBO versions. I don't think they should be. I was never part of a fan of put this back in the movie because a lot of like the first two films, it worked because they were just things that were cut. But as you get into later films, they become alternate scenes and it doesn't make sense at all for them to be back in the movie. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they have the deleted scenes in there. Like there has to be a line somewhere. And unfortunately, Freeform being the amoeba Freeform that it is kind of blurred the lines a little bit. And even though it was nice, it was an extra you know, 15 minutes of Harry Potter, who can who can fault it? Um, the lack of commercial breaks on this one means this is a steady, streamlined, theatrical presentation. What about you, Andrew? What would be your uh, yeah top choice? I think Half-Blood Prince 2. I wouldn't watch the first one. I just feel like I've seen that so many times already. I, I have that completely memorized in my head. But Half-Blood Prince, I would like to watch first. It's definitely not my favorite book. That's Order of the Phoenix. But one of my favorite movies, I think uh, David Yates improved a lot between number five and number six as director. I'm just so surprised at how low scoring Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2 yeah. are. Yeah. Chamber uh, of Secrets Deathly has Hallows the least Part... amount of votes. Yeah. And Chamber of Secrets. Why are people so happy with the first film? It's the top rating, <laughs> fifth, you know, 62 votes. But Chamber of Secrets is the least voted with five. It was the introduction to the series, though. I think that probably plays a large part in it. 
Yeah, and I kind of figured a lot of people would vote that way, but I was curious to see what if maybe I shouldn't have included Sorcerer's Stone. See what people would have picked if oh god, <laughs> not the first yeah. one. <laughs> How did we tweak the data? By the way, Micah, um, when Micah was here, he saw some of the Harry Potter art I have hanging up, and one is when Muggles attack, and he asked me. What is that from? Why did they make this book called When Muggles Attack? And I was like, you know, I don't know. But then, as luck would have it, I'm tuned into the final Harry Potter weekend. And what do I see? When Muggles Attack in Umbridge's desk in Deathly Hollows Part 1. So there you yeah, go. It's, it's propaganda. It's, you know, all that stuff trying to make uh, wizards think that muggles are going to attack them and that they're dangerous. And that's why I love it, because they are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but this is just a uh, a short-term thing, right? It's only going to be around on HBO through June. And then I think you said that it's moving to NBC or NBC, NBC will own the rights. Right, and all of their channels. And I think I read something at one point that said they might be airing on Sci-Fi Channel and one other. But I imagine NBC itself will air them maybe around Christmas time, like air movie number one, but... Yeah, they're going to have them for the foreseeable future after that. So for those who have HBO, enjoy them. Enjoy the streaming accessibility now. Yeah, and the fact that it's commercial free. Yes. Or what you could do, this is more old school, but you you take your Blu-rays, which most have those digital codes, and you pop them into iTunes, and then you have access that way whenever you want. This was a story, this is a little old, but we had missed it when it happened in... Mid-December, J.K. Rowling made a blog post about why she blocked a fan on Twitter. Trying to find the... Oh, here it is. Yeah. Because there were rumors that she had blocked a fan on Twitter for hating on Johnny Depp. And and the person who was blocked was like, it was only one tweet. I had never contacted her before. So the media started reporting J.K. Rowling blocks fans. And, you know, it looked bad. And I personally didn't believe it. I, th- I thought, well, like, I knew she blocked them, but I had to think there was a bigger reason than just, like, a single tweet. Right. The, the original tweet, well, the tweet that got everybody's attention, the one that she said was the one that caused her to be blocked is at JK, Ro- or it's, here's the tweet. It says, so if I understand correctly, the actor who played Crab, a minor character, was fired from Harry Potter for doing drugs. Yet Johnny Depp, who abused his wife, gets a major role in your movies, question mark? Correct me if I'm wrong, at J.K. Rowling. And then that is, so the tweet that was put out like, J.K. Rowling blocked me, had that screenshot, and then the screenshot of clicking on J.K. Rowling's face and seeing that you've been blocked. So people saw that and kind of jumped to conclusions. So this actually drove J.K. Rowling to write a post on her website. She said, I have one simple rule when I block people on Twitter, which I do very rarely. I block when my personal line has been crossed in terms of aggressive or insulting language. Some recent publicity was given to the fact that I blocked a fan on Twitter. Contrary to the fan in question's assertion, they were not blocked because they asked a question about Johnny Depp playing Grindelwald. I saw several of this particular individual's tweets by chance, and they were saying things to and about me and about somebody with whom I work closely that crossed the line of what I prepared to accept. So uh, she's defending herself, and I think that was a good idea because there were some rumors getting out there that didn't look good on her. They didn't look good at all but it says she came across the tweets by chance why even entertain them though why why even take the necessary steps as she sees them to block this person 
this just seems like it's a waste of time. Well, she, I mean, she was triggered. She, yeah, but you know. who cares? Like, I'm sure people say far worse things to her than what this person said in a tweet. I just feel like this is a move, move on, move on. Like, so the research that is taking place then is pointed out, and this article from This Is Insider kind of identifies what was probably the tweet that did get her blocked by J.K. Rowling, where this woman, Lindsay, is responding to David Yates's statement, uh, the one that he released that was very, very tone deaf and not at all well thought out at all from an interview. And Lindsay just links to that exact uh, interview and then said, alongside the link, David Yates can show. Yeah, I, I mean that's a terrible thing to say, but in the grand scheme of it, yeah, well, you know, who cares? She like, does what she clear, wants. Let her yeah, her clearly life. it's an emotional reaction. Everybody's very fired up about this. I, feel, I just uh, feel like it's very juvenile to block somebody. Whoa! In general, whoa! I mean, I've blocked people from being D's. Can well, you please unblock it? me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, was this person just nonstop tweeting at her? 24 hours a day. See, that's different. But if it was just one tweet or two tweets, just okay, let well, it go. Move on. Uh, well, look, I'm sure she Grow sees up. A, but, but think about this. She also sees a lot of crap and she probably does not block everybody. I'm but sure she reason, does. That's my that, point. And she also said that, that this person had said something mean about somebody she works closely with. So, you know, it got personal. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. This tweet comes across somebody. It's just some random person to you says David Yates should asphyxiate himself i mean nobody wants that she knows this guy yeah. she probably had tea with this guy earlier that day <laughs> right. and somebody's saying he can choke I yeah mean, come that's on. mean that's mean. yeah but Let's i mean out of context this, out of context it's not you know but all right she's but obviously if you just, go through and look at all the at replies to her yeah you're gonna selectively choose this one and say yeah well, i'm not? gonna block this person yeah so what it's a coincidence that the question asked about johnny depp occurred before she was blocked, maybe, I guess, unless this person then tweeted, I saw she was blocked, then tweeted that. Please, let's not get into this. I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah. She does okay, what okay. she wants. But I do want to say that she hasn't blocked me. And in fact, she liked one of my tweets. I tweet, I went on a little social media break right before Christmas. And at the end of it, uh, so I said a goodbye tweet. And then at the end of it, I said, at JK Rowling, please don't tweet anything good while I'm gone. <laughs> and then later the next morning she likes it and uh one of our friends and listeners terrence he sent me a screenshot jk rowling liked this tweet from andrew i'm like of course of course she pays attention to this tweet and likes it why not respond to my lavender tweets why not respond to my other very very meaningful and well thought out questions on twitter to you this really brings into question the whole hashtag wormtaily debacle all over again because i think she likes you i think yes. i think she's always liked you i don't think that that was a real anger even though she sicked a whole army of people on you i think the hatchet I don't know. is buried uh jk rowling please come on mococast now yep come on i just defended you and you're blocking you're never gonna top dumbledore's appearance on this show i think that was a career high oh thank you but yeah, i mean but yes i agree <laughs> final news story this is just a small update we told you that harry potter a history of magic this is a very cool looking new exhibit with with artifacts from jk rowling's personal archives about the creation of the harry potter series it's happening now over in england there is a book that you can buy we reviewed the book 
a couple months ago. This exhibit is coming to New York October 5th to January 27th. That is the news. And tickets will be going on sale pretty soon, I believe. So it's probably going to be a lot of demand for this. So um, you might want to secure tickets early. Oh, uh, tickets are going on sale to the general public in April. The cool thing is that you can time this. They're not $400, though, are they? I don't think so. No, they're probably going to be a lot cheaper. You can time this with your visits to the Cursed Child if you want. So we won't be able to, but... If you're seeing Chris Child between October 2018 and January 2019, this is a perfect thing to do before or after the show. And this is yeah. uh, at the New York Public Library, you said? Yes. Are you a member, Micah? I'm not a member, but uh, I think I brought it up on the show before. Several years ago now, they did a, a very cool display of the Tales of Beetle the Bard, the handwritten editions Ooh. that J.K. Rowling only gave away, I think it was seven, uh, to yeah. select people after the release of Deathly Hallows. So they had one of those on display along with a couple of other things. So it'll be cool to go back there. They usually do a really great job with uh, with those types of things. You know, we, like I said, we reviewed this book and it looks really, the book feels like you're going through a museum because they have high quality scans of a lot of the stuff yeah. on display. And yeah. I know a couple of Hyperwool people who went and absolutely adored the exhibit over in England. So looking forward to seeing it. So that's um, coming up later this year. And of course, Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. And who knows what else J.K. Rowling will throw at us. Or yeah. Robert Galbraith. Or Robert Galbraith. Right. Please, Robert Galbraith. Who is he? I said, please, so, Robert Galbraith. Oh, oh, please, please. And then, you know, we've talked a little bit about these stills, but... When are we getting this first trailer for Fantastic Beasts? We thought it was going to be with Star Wars originally. Now we're already into January and we haven't seen anything. I don't know. I thought maybe the stills could be a good sign. Oh, yeah. We'll, true. We'll just have true. to wait and see. What's, uh, what's in the pipeline as far as movies that are coming out in the next couple of weeks? Anything? Movies coming in 2018. I know Black Panther comes out in February. That's a big Marvel movie. Avengers Infinity War comes out in May. Jurassic World, that comes out in the summer. Oh, uh, Maze Runner to Death Cure. That's not major, but it's a book-to-film adaptation. That comes out in uh, late January. So, I don't know. To wait and see. We have an email here we're going to read, but it's time to tell you about our second advertiser of the week. Jacob should pay attention. This is Zip Recruiter. Does your business have any New Year's resolutions? Here's an important one every business should consider, including mine at Hypable. Make your hiring process more efficient and effective. This year, let ZipRecruiter help. No one has done a better job of transforming how you find the right talent than they have. Here's how it works. ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 of the website's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invites them to apply. They even review every application to identify the top candidates so you never miss a great match. I think that is awesome. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries, including bread baking, probably, to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That is right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash MuggleCast. 
That is ZipRecruiter.com slash MuggleCast. Try it free. This is a great New Year's resolution for everybody. If you're looking for a great, streamlined, easy way to hire and find the right candidates, ZipRecruiter.com slash MuggleCast. Thank you to Zip and Blue Apron, our first sponsors of the year. They help us continue the show, help us grow, help us pay for photo shoots. So if you support them, that helps us as well. Finally, we have an email here. Micah, would you like to read it? Sure. It comes from Shiloh, who says, Hi, MuggleCast. Love listening to you guys on my hour-long drive to work. Thanks for keeping me company. Started listening about three years ago when a friend was talking to me about boring podcast stories, and instead of listening to what she was saying about some adult boring facts about who knows what, (laughs) I had a random thought. There must be a Harry Potter podcast if they have a podcast about whatever my friend was talking about. So I looked up Harry Potter, and yours was the one I decided to listen to and haven't stopped ever since. Just listening to your episode 349, and you were speaking about a new Chinese beast in the crimes of Grindelwald. I don't want to come off racist, especially being half Korean myself, because Claudia Kim is a Korean actor. But maybe she is playing a person from a Chinese background in the upcoming film. This was taken from a Time magazine article, quote, Claudia Kim as Maledictus, the carrier of a blood curse that destines her ultimately to transform into a beast. They use the word beast to describe what she transforms into and doesn't mention the exact beast she turns into. I thought it was really interesting. What is this beast they are hinting towards. Either way, really excited to learn more about her character and her story. Going to be a bit controversial with this comment, but kind of a bummer that Cho Chang was the only Asian character in Harry Potter because I thought she was so whiny. Hopefully, Maledictus is a strong Asian female character. Thanks for your podcast and all the laughs on my way to work. Thank you, Shiloh. Always great to hear how people discover us. And I I think that's an interesting idea. It connects. The dots connect. Definitely. Yeah. This is actually a really great point that uh, Shiloh brings up and something that I think we skipped over entirely when we were talking about uh, potential Chinese beasts that was it. Eddie Redmayne made that comment, I believe, uh, in one of the interviews. So this actually makes, to me anyway, the most sense and uh, be interesting to see exactly what kind of beast she does transform into. Have we talked on this show about the Nagini theory? Yeah, I think you mentioned it the first time that uh, we were talking about Claudia Kim and and the Maledictus. Yeah, when we got the the high-res photo of the entire cast, uh, there was an article that pointed out that her her pants, whatever she's wearing on her legs, look like scales. They were like, this means she's going to be Nagini. And I was like, that would be the craziest reveal of all time. Worlds collide. Well, they're they're going to regardless. So I think – Having something like that wouldn't be that far-fetched. I agree. What does that mean, though? They She permanently transforms into a snake? Yeah, like, well, it's a blood curse, like werewolfism, but it's something that is, for whatever reason, irreversible. Yeah. And you know how we always knew Nagini, there was something really odd about her and her connection with Voldemort? Well, and, and you usually wouldn't trust another person with your soul or another living creature with your soul? Well, like... Even though she's Grindelwald's follower, we can presume in this film, or maybe she's not Grindelwald's follower, but she eventually might become Voldemort's number one fan. 
Interesting. Well, if Newt gives Fox to Dumbledore, why not Grindelwald give Nagini to Voldemort? There you go. Makes Everybody's sense. gifting pets. It's Christmas all over again. Life is a circle. <laughs> okay. So, uh, time for some Quizich, the first one of the year. Yay! Welcome to Quizich. The question on everyone's mind is last week's Quizich question. How many pages in the U.S. hardcover edition of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? Andrew, do you have your hardcover with you? I do behind me. Do you want me to you pull it out? It? Mm-hmm. I just remember my guess was closest without going over. It was. a Well, Price is Right rules do apply. And uh, please tell uh, the audience at home, Andrew, what is the last numbered page in Goblet of Fire? Well, it is 734. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. 734. We actually had people submitting answers over on Twitter, which is how you win Quizich. And it's the correct answer. There are 734 pages in U.S. hardcover Goblet of Fire. And this is, I mentioned last week, this is for some reason I remember this. I don't remember. But I got a bunch of people writing in saying they, too, somehow committed to memory. Mac Allen was the first person to reply and uh, they said Goblet of Fire is 734. A friend and I were talking about which book was the longest, and they thought Goblet of Fire. And I had to bring out my books to show them it was order. The numbers stayed in my head for future discussions. And uh, at Weensy the Potterhead says Quidditch answer is 734. I also randomly knew that fact because at the time I first read it, it was the longest book I had read to that point. I agree. And uh, runner-up winners, uh, shout-outs to Kelsey Pays, Hannah Boxberger, Janeth Gutierrez, Scott Shiflett, Chelsea Brunette, Real Food with Dana, and Hannah Van Amber for the correct answers at Quizage. So thank you for submitting next week's question. This one is a doozy. Um, what are the three D's of apparition in the order in which they are supposed to be said? Is one of them order. doozy? Doozy. This one's a doozy. The three D's of apparition, that is this week's Quizzage question. Please submit your answers to us via Twitter at twitter.com slash mucklecast. Okay. Let's remind everybody how to contact us in this new year. We would love your voicemails. one nine two zero three muggle That's a U.S. number. That's one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. Leave us a voicemail, a question, a comment, anything you would like us to respond to regarding Harry Potter. You can text us, too. You can text us as well, but we prefer voice because we like to hear you. Just keep the message around one minute long. Make sure you're in a quiet place. Ideally, don't call through the car Bluetooth. I've noticed people doing that and it just, it doesn't sound very good. So if you call, call us no speakerphone either. Just good old phone communication style. (laughs) Phone up to ear. It sounds the best. We want to get you on the show, but we also want to make sure it sounds good. You can also email us, mugglecast at gmail.com. Contact us through social media, twitter.com slash mugglecast and facebook.com slash mugglecast. Our P.O. box now visited by all three of us, 4044 North Lincoln Ave, box 144, Chicago IL 60618. And finally, what brought us back to weekly episodes in 2017, patreon.com slash mugglecast. When we were together, we had a couple business dinners. And we were planning new benefits for 2018. We had some very productive chats, I would say. I agree. So look forward to some new stuff over on Patreon in the new year. And if you pledge, now you will get instant benefits 
like the alternate episode 350 that we recorded while photo shooting. And you can join us for a live stream every weekend. Thank you to everybody who's listening right now. We have an active chat going on. One of them is Nolan. He got one of the most liked messages uh, of the live stream. He, When I was talking about J.K. Rowling liking one of my tweets, he said, J.K. Rowling liked two of my tweets while I was studying abroad in London. Best summer ever. I framed a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just use Canvas, people. You can get it put on Canvas. There you go, for free. Just pay shipping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, everybody, for listening. We look forward to another year of Harry Potter podcasting. Thanks for joining us in our, what year is this going to be? 13th year? Oh, man. Now we we can't stand up. The first to rise is a goner. <laughs> oh, damn. I'm legit not going to rise for like an hour. Just to make sure a, I'm a not year. first. A whole year. Happy 2018, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>